Amen. Good morning, church. Now that you're all tenderized, <laughs> you got to love it, man, when, when our brother get up and he sing with all his heart. You can't accuse him of not giving his heart right there, right? Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. I have a different spin on a all your strength message to get us ready for the holidays. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father God, we want to thank you for warm coats, warm boots, warm socks, warm gloves, warm hats, that we have a building that we can come into with the heaters on and we can worship you without being distracted by the cold. But Father, we know that there are countless people right here in America who sleep outside in this weather. And we walk past them every day, not often knowing what to do or how to help. And God, we ask that you will intervene. That you will move in the hearts of those who are able to do something, who are able to provide shelter, warm clothes, food, hospitality to these people. And for those of us who can, God, I pray that you'll stir our hearts to do so. Father, as we come before you and worship you, God, I pray that you help us to remember that this is an honor, this is a privilege, this is not something to t- be taken for granted. And the comfort in which we can come to you and worship, God, help us to not take that for granted either. I pray that my words will be your words, that as we prepare for this upcoming holiday season, God, I pray that you help our hearts and our minds to be in the right place. As most of us will need your strength, to guide us through the numerous office parties, family visits, long shopping lines, and dwindling bank accounts. God, we need your strength, and we call on you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's that time of year. Frustratingly long lines at the store, office parties. White elephant parties, although we've never actually seen this elusive white elephant. Ugly Christmas sweaters. And receiving gifts that you pretend to love and always wanted. Decorating the fridge with 10 year old, 10 years of Christmas cards that you can't bring yourself to throw away because they're the photo ones. And even though the kids in the photos are now adults with kids of their own, you can't bring yourself to get rid of them. So you put them on your fridge anyway. And then there's those, 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 those moments when the kids tear into their presents and you see the excited looks on their faces while silently hoping you can salvage some of that mangled wrapping paper for someone else's gift. Don't act like I'm the only one. Or the look on your spouse's face when you get that nod of approval confirming that the countless hours you spent on Amazon seeking the ultimate gift was well worth those sleepless hours and temporary blindness from staring at the screen for so long. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. I don't know about you, I like to get my Christmas shopping done early so that I can actually enjoy the season. I thank God for online shopping. Say what you want. I enjoy being able to get everything I need and have it sent to my home, and all I have to do 
is worry about having the right amount of wrapping paper and enough tape. But the holidays are fun. I love some of the music that comes on the radios. I love being able to decorate the house a little bit. We get a little caught up. We get a little caught up. I'll admit it. We get a little caught up. But the holidays can bring its own set of challenges. Sometimes we can forget and we can get caught up in all the preparations, planning, traveling, plans, all that. And we forget things along the way. I remember one Christmas, I spent countless hours finding the right gift for my wife. And once I found it, I made sure that it was wrapped nice. You see, you got to wrap your wife's gift nice. And she gets the special wrapping paper. You can't give her the same wrapping paper you give everybody else. Hers got to be the good quality, not the one that tears easily, that thick paper. You get what I'm talking about? That thick paper. And you got to wrap it yourself, brothers. Show that you put a little extra attention and care into it. I did all that. The right gift, right size, everything. And every year we travel to her family in Pennsylvania. And it's big over her family's house. You know, they can't wait for the kids to get there. And, and we open up our gifts, in, you know, in sections. The kids open their gifts first, and we watch all the kids, and then... My wife and I and her sister and her husband, they open their gifts, and then her parents open their gifts last. And as I looked at the tree and as they're distributing all the gifts, I noticed something. Where's Zaliga's gift? And I'm like, it's got to be upstairs. So I go upstairs, you know, trot upstairs. I go, I look. Take the suitcase, dump everything out. I look under the bed. I run outside to the sheets and everything. All right, yeah, I'll be right back. I go in the car. I'm tearing the car up. I'm like, no. And this overwhelming sense of despair just showered me like the Christmas snow we pray for every Christmas. And I slowly walked back into the house made my way back downstairs, and she knew something was wrong. She said, what happened? I forgot your gift. And my heart, it just wasn't crazy. It wasn't fun anymore. I didn't even want to open my gifts. Because I put all that time and care in her, and I'm thinking, no, it was the gift. You saved that gift for last. You get rid of everybody, but you saved mine for last. She didn't have my gift. I forgot. I got all caught up making sure this was packed and that was done, this was done, and all that stuff. Forgot my wife's gift. So I want to make sure you don't make the same mistake this year. God gave us a gift long ago, and I want to make sure you don't leave that expensive gift behind. My wife did a great job at putting on a forgiving wife face. But I know my wife, and I know she was disappointed. But she was forgiving, so it was good. It didn't ruin our time. And when she came home, she came home to a, a beautifully wrapped gift with thick wrapping paper. And she got to enjoy it. But sometimes, you know, we can leave the gift behind during these holidays. And I want to make sure we don't leave that gift behind. 
So my message today is simply this. The holidays are fun if we don't forget the sun. The holidays are fun if we don't forget the sun. Turn with your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Now, how can we make sure we don't forget the sun? By the sun, I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus Christ. How do we make sure we don't forget the sun? Well, let's look over at Luke chapter 2. You know, my first point is simply don't assume Jesus is in our company. Don't assume that Jesus is in your company. In Luke chapter 2, let's read uh, verse 41, and we'll read down to verse 50. In Luke chapter 2. It says, Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among the relatives and friends, and when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting with the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. And everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And here's Jesus' response. Why were you searching for me? Now, to the parents in the room, is that a response you would expect from a child you had just lost for a day? Jesus can get away with that. He said, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother Mary treasured all these things in her heart. And we'll stop right here for a second. Don't assume Jesus is in your company. Now, this is a trip that Jesus and his family makes every year. It's required by Jewish tradition that all male, young male Jews make the tradition Every year, they make this traditional trip to Jerusalem every year. So this isn't the first time Jesus has been on this trip. In fact, at this age, he's at 12 years old. So what made Jesus decide now to stay behind? I don't know. But Mary and Joseph obviously got caught up in the season. And they forgot Jesus. How do you forget Jesus? The miracle child, God's child. How do you forget him? Now, before we judge Mary and Joseph, ask yourself this question. Have I been too busy that I forgot Jesus this week? Sometimes we can take for granted that Jesus is in our company. In verse 42, it says, after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it, thinking he was in their company. Have you ever misplaced something, something valuable? But let me ask you this. Have you ever misplaced someone? That's a terrifying feeling, isn't it? I mean, you can imagine, and I, you know, I thought for a while, I'm like, how could that happen? 
But then I thought, you know, I could actually see that happening. You know, one day, we, you know, where we planned this big church trip and everybody's carpooling. And, and, you know, I know my kids, they want to ride with their friends. They don't want to ride with us. So I could see my daughter say, hey, can we ride? Can I ride with Jaden or can I ride with this one? And Noah's like, can I ride with this one? And then their kids say, hey, can we ride with you? And all this chaos is going on. Yeah, yeah, you're just saying yes to everybody. Let's just go so we can get there. And then you, everybody piles in everybody's car. You're just assuming your kids is with who they said they were going to be with. And their parents are assuming their kids are going to be with who they said they're going to be with. And we get there. We enjoy the day. And then we come back. And we just assume that everybody's in the same car that they went. And then we get back. And you get home. And you're like, hold on. Wait a second. Where's my child? Whose kid is this? He was just here. It is absolutely possible. You know, there was a time in my life where I assumed Jesus was in my company. I went about life assuming that even though I was not living by the Bible, Jesus was still in my company. I took him for granted. I took for granted that Jesus would put up with my ignoring him. And I thought that he'd always be there even though I knew I wasn't living the way he wanted me to live. I just assumed that he would be in my company. Whenever I needed a shot of forgiveness, Jesus was right there to give it to me. And it went on like that for years until someone showed me the truth. Over in Matthew chapter 7, turn to your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And you look at verse 21. And the Bible says here, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. You know, when I showed me that scripture... It really shocked me that there were people who could actually be in the same area. These people assumed that Jesus was in their company. I was always led to believe that as long as I was a good guy, that Jesus would be in my company. That as long as I would make that annual trip to church on Easter, that Jesus would still be in my company. That as long as I went to church on Sundays, it didn't matter what I did the rest of the week, because as long as I went there on Sundays, that trumped the rest of the week. And I just assumed that Jesus was in my company until they showed me this passage. They were unaware. They said all the right things but lost sight of what really mattered to God, and that was obedience to God's will. And I knew I wasn't living to God's will. But here's the thing. Obedience keeps us in the company of God. The good news is that once we realize that Jesus is not in our company, repentance and doing the Lord's will changes all that. You know, once Mary and Joseph realized that their son was no longer in their company, what did they do? Oh, he'll be all right. No. They immediately went looking for him. And I believe that if we have that same heart and attitude, wait a second, I'm not as close to God as I need to be. It doesn't take 
a year, a month. It doesn't take a whole lot of searching to decide to turn and find Jesus and have him return to your company. I admire that. That's a paternal instinct right there. You lose your child, you drop everything, and you go find your child. And I believe if we have that same attitude, I need to drop everything. Jesus is not in my company. The holidays can be fun if we don't forget the sun. You know, the holidays can be challenging for some of us. And we can easily lose sight of Jesus in the midst of family and friends. You know, we travel each year to visit our family. Uh, and, and Christmas, Christmas time brings on a whole, nother, a whole uh, set of challenges. When you're visiting family, that brings on a whole set of challenges because who are you most comfortable around if it's not family and friends, especially those who knew you before you knew Jesus? So my second point is this. The holidays can be fun, but don't drift during the trip. Don't drift during the trip. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, turn with me your Bibles there. I think it's behind me, but I like to turn there. Hebrews chapter 2 says, We must pay careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not, what? Drift away. Drift away. The holidays can be tough for some people because we can often forget those deep spiritual lessons we've learned all year. Those personal times with the Lord, we, 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 new convictions, new insights can all be lost if we're not careful, if we don't pay attention to what we've heard. The holidays can be tough for some people. Research has shown that an actual rise in depression and suicides happen in the month of December. Some people go into the season doing well, but some people don't make it through the season. And we got to be very careful. We can't assume that, that everybody is where they need to be spiritually. You know, when you go around some fellow, everybody, I think for the most part, most of us have that, that family, that one family member. We got to get spiritually set up and prepared for to meet. And that's the one family member that always makes it every year. We have that, we got favorite cousins, favorite aunts favorite in-laws, sometimes they don't make it. Sometimes we look forward to saying, oh, I'm not going to make it this year. I got to work. Or, you know, I gotta, I'm going to go visit. Oh, man, I was looking forward to seeing. But you know who's there? That one member of the family that rubs you the wrong way, that likes to ask you those uncomfortable questions in front of everybody, that likes to just nitpick at you, push your buttons to test the strength of your Christianity. We all have something, you know, and we try to avoid them. But then we get there and we're like, I got to be like Jesus. I got to be like, let me just go speak to him. And we regret every time we do it. Right? I have to be prepared. You know, I like to think of it as when you're driving in the car and you have on your favorite radio station, as long as you're close to the tower, you get a clear signal, and it's strong, right? But the further you go 
away from that tower, from that antenna, from that signal, the weaker the signal becomes and the more static. And then you start to hear other radio stations. You start to hear other things and it's just, it becomes all distorted. The further you get away from the tower. I like to look at it in a spiritual term. The further I get away from God, the more distorted his voice becomes. And the things that were clear, that would be clear to me when I'm close to him, when, when, I, when he's in my company, are no longer as clear because I'm not as close. And you know, sometimes we can drift and the things that we know we should do, they're not as clear anymore. Especially when we're around people we're most comfortable with. Or the people we easily justify being sinful with. You know, sometimes our family can push buttons in us and we justify our reaction, our sinful reactions because they should know better. They should know I'm a Christian and I'm trying. They should not. And, and the reason they deserve, I mean, we could justify our sin. But when we're close to God, we know better. We know better. And Satan is right there with his own station sending out signals. And says there's some signals we need to watch out for, the signals of anger. You can get real angry during the holiday season, especially if you're shopping. And especially if you go shopping right after work. You're already tired. And as soon as you get inside, oh, I got to buy this white elephant gift for this party. And then you get there, you don't find, you can't find, I don't know why they put prices $5. Or, I'm like, who's going to find a gift for $5 that people actually want? So that brings its own set of pressure, right? Then that leads to impatience. Those signals of impatience, man. You start, you start getting impatient and you're online and, and you're trying to find a parking space or you're, you're on a crowded bus and people banging into you with their bags and, and you're trying to be like Jesus, but you're growing impatient. What about discouragement? Some of us don't look forward to the holidays because it brings a whole wave of discouragement. It reminds us of things that we don't have. Or it reminds us of relationships we don't have. And then those signals of, of loneliness start to overwhelm us. And you know, people like to send us cards with the pictures. My family, we're getting ready to send you one too, so expect to get one. And we like to take our little photo, our little family photos, and, you know, get your, you know, your, your smile, get, try to get your kids to smile and everything. And we put them on a Christmas card, and we give them to the people we love. And, and, and if you don't get one, we still love you, all right? We just, the things are expensive. But we get them out. And I like to see, I like to get them as well. You know, you get to see kids grow up. But to some people, it's a reminder of the family that they don't have. It reminds them of the companion that they don't have. Social media is no help. We go on social media, people's posting things and all the happiness, and, and we can start to 
feel that envy build up in our hearts. The jealousy starts to creep in. And those signals can lead to depression. It can lead to, to, to us overcompensating to medicate and, and, and self-soothe those emotions. And then we go out, we start spending. And we start indulging. Because those signals are crossed. And if we're not careful, we can drift from God and not make it through the holiday season. You can't assume. Don't assume that you're as close as you need to be. You know, these things, they, they pull us this way slowly. It's not always so direct. You know, I remember going through a tough time the first year my mom passed, and we already knew that the holidays was going to be rough. And it already up until that point had been a, uh, a tumultuous uh, time with me and my, my brother. And, and so coming up to the holidays, I, I just had to decide that I was going to cling to Jesus Embrace myself for whatever. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect. And so I needed to make sure that I was close. I didn't want to assume because I did that and I got caught off guard. And my heart didn't do good in that position, in that situation. And so I knew I had to get shored up in Christ. And let me tell you, Satan knows exactly which buttons to push. And he knows the exact time to push those buttons. And he knows who to send to push those buttons. So we got to make sure that we are prepared. Although Jesus was physically separated from his earthly parents, he understood the importance of staying connected to his heavenly father. In Luke chapter 2, verse 46, it says, After three days, they found him in the temple's court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. When they found Jesus, guess where he was at? Jesus was in church. He was in church. He was connected. He was, he was listening. He was being fed. He was asking questions. He was staying connected to his father. In verse 49, it goes and says, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? During this season, Jesus was right where he needed to be, being about his father's business. You know, when we prioritize our relationship, it keeps God in our company. It keeps God in our company. When we don't, when we don't underestimate the need to stay connected to God, we stay close to him. And there's so many things trying to topple that relationship. This time of year is a great opportunity for us to grow spiritually. Every year when we go to Pennsylvania to visit my wife's family, to keep me from drifting, I decided to make it my practice to read, study, meditate, and pray through Philippians chapter 2. Every year. I've done it now every year for the past 10 years. And I just had to do it because in my mind, I'm going to get away. And in some ways, that is true. You are getting away. But I was really getting away, getting away from serving, getting away from helping. And, and I knew I was drifting into selfishness. I'm like, no, you can't do this, bro. There's a small church that meets out there that we visit when we go. And I would just go in and I would, you know, seek to the back. Hey, preach to me. I'll preach all week. Preach to me. 
And I remember having a conversation with one with the brother who's leading the church. And he was, hey, man, you know, it'd be great if you could, you know, maybe one time preach. And I'm like, yeah. Hey, man, I, you know, I'll consider it. In the back of my mind, I'm like, bro. <laughs> no. And so the following year, I went and say, I, I, was, I deliberately didn't dress. I had on jeans. I had on a sweater. I'm like, they're not going to ask me to come up and preach and like, dress like this. Everybody dresses like that. So that was no excuse. After service, I went up to him. Hey, bro, great message. Hey, man, I wish I would know you were coming. I would have asked you to preach. Exactly. After year three, this time it's in house church. And the brother has, you know, the church in his home. And this time he didn't have a smile on his face. And he said, hey, bro, I think the church would be really encouraged to hear from you. What do you say to that? What do you say to that? And it happened to be the one year we decided to go up Christmas Eve. And, sun, and Christmas was on a Sunday. And so... I, I, Amen. Amen. And I preach, and each year I go down, I let them know I'm coming. Hey, bro, you know, I'm coming down. Amen. Thank God they got an evangelist, so praise Jesus. But here's the thing. We can drift. We can drift. We can get, you know, that's just getting away from response. But we can drift. We can let down everything. And we can get so comfortable. And when, it come, when, 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 you, when it's time to come back, you've got to work so much harder to get yourself prepared to come back. But if you stay connected, you don't have to worry about that because you're already connected. You don't have to have extra quiet times and extra prayer time to get yourself prepared because you've already been connected to God. So now when I go, I make sure that I pray for Zalika's family. She needs me to help her convert her family. I can't afford to just go there and kick up my feet and just, no. There's a spiritual battle here, and, and, and Satan does not take a holiday. So when I go to visit her family, I'm talking to her cousins. I'm working. I'm denying myself because I want to see her family saved too. And so this is not a holiday. Jesus doesn't take breaks. God doesn't take breaks, and neither does Satan. And as soon as we let our guards down, He'll be all over us. And so I decided, you know, I am going to study this. I'm going to practice this. I'm going to look for opportunities and ask God to give me opportunities to deny myself. And you know what happens when you do that? God presents those opportunities. You serve. You give. But then he gives you those days where they decide, you know what, why don't you just take a day? Just stay here and rest. Really? And I get the whole house to myself. I gave and God gave right back to me. If you trust, if you take care of God's business, God will take care of yours. When we stay about the Father's business, we will find Jesus there as well. 
After his ordeal in Jerusalem, the Bible says in verse 52 that Jesus grew. This is a perfect opportunity for us to grow spiritually. Use this time as an opportunity to grow in your relationship with God. Spend some extra time with the Lord. Pray for your friends and your family. Prayer is powerful. It keeps us connected. It it reminds us that we're in a spiritual battle and that it's not just us But it's our friends, it's our family as well. I love the passage in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23, and we'll close out here. 1 Samuel 23, 12, verse 23 says, As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. I take a prayer list with me. And we pray. We pray for you guys. It's a way of keeping us connected even though we're not in the same room. And it's a way of keeping us connected to God by praying for people. There are a lot of brothers and sisters in the need of prayer. There are a lot of you in the need of prayer. There are a lot of situations that are going on that are out of our control that needs prayer. This is an opportunity for us to grow spiritually. You know, I believe even though we save up For those gifts that we give to our loved ones, eventually they get tired of those gifts. Some of them may even be returned or repackaged and included in someone else's office party. But there is a gift that keeps giving. And there is a very precious and expensive gift that God has given us that he does not want us to forget. So don't assume that Jesus is in your company. Stay close to him. Is there sin in your life that needs to be repented of that's pushing you away from Jesus? It doesn't take a whole lot to turn. Go after him like Mary and Joseph did. And then secondly, don't drift during the trip. Stay connected. Stay focused on the Father's business. Satan doesn't take a holiday, and neither should we. The holidays can be fun if we don't forget The Son. God bless.